Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to the latest installment of Optimizing Your Financial World. I am your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff, and boy, is it good to be back with you again today. And we have our star of the show, and that's Mr. Mark Wade, president of Echelon Family Office. He's standing by. He'll be joining me in just a moment. We're going to be unpacking another wealth management discussion. That's what we tackle here on the show. And today, we've got a really interesting topic. You know, you've heard Mark and I talking about family needs, you know, uh, wealth planning needs wealth succession needs. I mean, so many different topics surrounding family wealth. But today we're going to take, you know, an approach towards family wealth. It's very different than your, you know, run-of-the-mill conversation. And that is, we're going to be examining, you know, the, the challenges that many parents face that are associated with raising a child that has special needs. So, there are a number of financial planning strategies and solutions that are at a family with, you know, a child that has special needs at their disposal. And Mark and I are going to be discussing about what some of those strategies and solutions look like and, you know, the options that exist for those families that are likely going to be faced with some financial pressures when undergoing a certain circumstance like that. So that being said, let's go ahead and bring Mark out and get right into it. Mark, it's good to see you this morning. How are you doing? Hey, Ryan, I'm doing great today. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Can't complain. Always good to be back with you, Mark. And and today we've got a really interesting conversation that we're unpacking. Uh, we should start by acknowledging that that just raising children at you know at all comes with many surprises, and families with special needs children are often going to face some considerable challenges along the way. Would you agree? Without a doubt, you know. And uh, boy, that that's really an understatement, Ryan. When you think about it. You know, raising children is difficult enough. I know for a fact. But you know, when a you know when it, when a child has special needs or or disability of some type, you know, it's it's been said to me that what are normally just like hurdles or speed bumps look more like mountains. All right, and those and those things that might just be a little pothole, man, oh man, they can seem like bottomless pits at times. So yeah, way more challenging. Uh, and and the and the unknown portions of that are are especially. Uh, uh, scary at times. So it's especially true when, you know, when you have to think about two key financial issues. And then, you know, those two key financial issues are, are, are typically, you know, paying for the many expenses that can accompany raising a special needs child. Okay. And then the second part of that is, you know, positioning the assets for the child's future. So, you know, the child can have as rich and, and full a life as possible. And, and critically, especially when you're no longer there to help. So if you think along the lines of uh, uh, lifetime costs for caring for a person with a disability, uh, you know, it's, it's an estimated to be about a million dollars. Now, and that's, that's like four times the amount it takes to raise a typical child from birth to say age 18, not, not including college costs. Sure, sure. So, so Mark, let's, let's stay high level here before we get into the weeds of this conversation. What are some of those biggest concerns uh, that parents of kids with special needs are likely to confront right off the bat? Well, I, I can think of two that, uh, that are omnipresent. I mean, they're just there all the time. And one is just the financial shock of it all. You know, if you think about it, a child's special needs, you know, are identified uh, and the problems occur, you know, after the child is born, right? Which gives the parents no advance warning or time to look into what, you know, could take place financially to address the issue. What could they do to help? They they haven't thought about that because they haven't thought about having a special needs child in most cases. So among the many questions, you know, that that are are new is that when the child has special needs, you know, a common thing is that it could mean that 
the family's income is impacted dramatically or their savings are impacted dramatically, which which most certainly are going to change their future plans to some degree. And then, Mark, what's the other one? You mentioned there's two. What's the other one that you're seeing on that on this front? Yeah, and the other one are the other one really is just those ongoing healthcare expenses. You know, the many healthcare needs that require a one-time expense. You know, in in stark contrast, have children with special needs. Those those expenses are often ongoing. You know, they require monthly, weekly, or even daily services that could be needed for years or even decades as the child becomes an adult. So clearly, those ongoing expenses can be shocking and devastating. Yeah, Mark, I want to circle back for a moment and something you had just touched on, and it's that that lack of clarity or visibility. You know, you don't need, you don't know that you're going to have a child with special needs. So you're not planning ahead of the, uh, you know, to face that issue. I would imagine that that's an especially difficult part here, right? Yeah, you know, because on top of everything, the cost for special needs treatments can fluctuate dramatically, right? Think about it. You know, the lack of financial clarity that accompanies a diagnosis, you know, that it's further exacerbated by the possibility that those ongoing costs are probably highly inconsistent from year to year. You know, they vacillate so much. So and this this can happen, especially when, for example, you know, a special needs condition improves or worsens significantly. You know, the ups and downs of what those costs could be can be can be volatile to say the least okay and so the lack of that cost visibility let's call it you know that can make even more difficult you know tremendously difficult to plan how much money is going to be needed you know where it's going to come from and you know how the financial assets be could be positioned to you know to generate the income needed you know to to pay for those additional costs so add that to the fact that you know parents of special needs kids often encounter confusion around a lot of the issues, uh, the financial issues, especially, uh, you know, things such as deductibles and claims, out-of-pocket provide, out-of-pocket, well, let's say, yeah, out-of-pocket costs, out-of-network providers, uh, you know, sometimes the denials in coverage, you know, and usually without anyone capable that can help them, you know, navigate the course that they need to travel along to make sure that the insurance companies sit up and and listen and take notice and do what they're supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, Mark, let's call a spade a spade. This is a daunting undertaking for a lot of a lot of families out there. So, you know, we always talk about on this show putting that first step forward, taking the right course of action to address a financial issue. So, let's let's talk about that. What what can parents or grandparents of a child with special needs do? What's the first step really in getting on top of their finances for this? Okay. So, smart financial planning around special needs really involves thinking about today and the foreseeable road ahead, you know, what's going to happen in the future, uh, you know, and along the lines of, of the distant and, and the uncertain far future, right? So, you know, the good news is that, well, there's, you know, there's a lot of different savvy financial moves that parents uh, can make uh, on behalf of the special needs children. And, you know, they can potentially deliver big benefits to both themselves and their, and their children today, tomorrow, and down the road. Uh, you're probably going to ask me, okay, so tell me a little bit more about that. Well, okay, so with, you know, with the current and ongoing expenses, uh, you know, some basic wealth planning, like budgeting, you know, that should be done regularly, okay? If you conclude that, you know, the likely healthcare treatments and services will almost certainly 
going to require you to spend up to your annual out-of-pocket maximum, you know, one of the simple things you can do is make that a fixed expense on your budget as opposed to a variable expense. Make sure it's a fixed expense on your on your annual budget. Okay. All right. I like that one. And Mark, another thought I, that just popped in my head, what, what about outside help? You know, can a family with a child that has special needs, can they look to maybe a government agency of any sort for outside help financially? Yes. Okay. That's That's certainly something to look into. You know, many families are going to qualify for financial help from the government. You know, you know, things such as, you know, monthly supplemental social security income, SSI, you know, that might be available to some individuals who meet the SSI disability standard and individuals with disabilities who also have a qualifying work history or are able to qualify, you know, for benefits based on their parents' records might be eligible for some social security disability insurance, SSDI. So, Additionally, you know, sometimes Medicaid and Medicare may cover some of the healthcare expenses and some of uh, some of medical equipment costs too. So it's really important that you don't assume that you earn too much or that you're too wealthy to get any benefits. You know, the rules they can vary from state to state, making it possible that you'll qualify for some amount of financial assistance. Okay, certainly, so worth beyond- look, certainly worth looking into. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so Mark, let's look even deeper then beyond the government assistance, beyond the the surface level financial planning that a family can do. What are some next level steps that uh, you know parents or grandparents could consider on this front? You know, Ryan, it's um, sometimes people give up with the government assistance, but there are things that you can do proactively in planning. So, it's good to look at the advanced planning solutions that are really designed to help parents more easily pay for the expenses of raising a special needs child. And, you know, one of the things that parents should look at are ABLE accounts. You know, ABLE accounts are essentially a 529-like savings plan to help families who are caring for children or adults with with disabilities. Uh, And these ABLE accounts are funded with after-tax contributions that aren't eligible for a federal tax deduction. However, like the 529 plans for college, uh, these ABLE accounts, uh, the contributions grow tax-free and withdrawals are tax-free when you use them for qualified disability expenses. That's the key, right? You got to use them for qualified disability expenses. So, and, and these generally include things such as, it's a wide variety, things such as rent, food, transportation, education, uh, training for employment, obviously the healthcare, uh, and some other types of personal support services. So, you know, the thing to remember too is that anybody can contribute to an ABLE account, including grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, anybody can contribute to to an individual's ABLE account. And when I think of it, you know, there's another benefit that ABLE accounts uh, or that the contributions are shielded from the asset-based limits that could jeopardize an individual's ability to access that other government assistance. You know, just simply put, whatever people put into this account is not counted in the qualification of whether or not you get government assistance. So, you know, normally special needs individuals, you know, they lose eligibility to certain federal disability benefits if they have more than a certain amount of assets in their name. But that's not the case with assets that are held in an ABLE account. You know, it's it's a way for them to provide, you know, financially for special needs children without making a direct financial gift to the individual 
that could jeopardize their access to other financial support. So it's a gift to an account that the individual doesn't own, and it, and it shields them from losing eligibility to federal money. Uh, and of course, there are the contribution limits and other rules that people should be aware of, you know, before they decide to go with an ABLE account. So uh, definitely one of the more advanced planning strategies to look into. Oh, I, I love that. That's a really good one for our audience, Mark. Uh, and another thought that popped into my mind, and I'm sure this is a concern that many parents or grandparents rather of, of you know, children with special needs are, are thinking about, and that's helping their child maybe after they're gone, you know, once they've passed on. Uh, any thoughts on this front? What's any, any strategies they can they can lean on to, to continue to provide that that support for their, their child? Absolutely. You know, uh, this could be a little scary at times to parents with special needs, special needs children. Uh, but, you know, the special needs financial planning, you must also address the estate planning, you know, in the event you're not here and you're unable to care for your child, you know, who's going to do it? How's that going to get funded? Now that has to be part of your estate planning. So, you know, often parents that are seeking to ensure their special needs children are going to have great care after they're gone. You know, they're going to set up some type of what we call a special needs trust that's designed to hold and safeguard assets for the benefit of the child. You know, that said, parents also set these trusts up while they're still alive to help supplement the cost of care. And again, away from uh, ruining the eligibility for any federal funding. So it, does, it, it eliminates that possibility. So these trusts can be set up with, you know, terms and language that say how and when the money should be used, you know, for what specific terms and, you know, what conditions have to be met for the trust to be, you know, deemed acceptable, so on and so forth. Uh, and as with many other types of trusts, you know, special needs trusts can potentially protect assets if the child is sued or if the child becomes divorced at some point in the future, you know, and, and they're very effective when they're set up properly. So uh, in general, there are two basic types of special needs trust, Ryan. Uh, I might as well just, I might as well just go over them here because it makes mm -hmm, sense. Please, yeah. You know, yeah. And, you know, uh, two types of special needs trust that most families assets, you know, they tend to invest their assets in are, are basically a first party trust. <clears throat> and, you know, that first party special needs trust is used when the assets contributed to the trust actually belong to the beneficiary. You know, basically that your special needs child or grandchild actually owns the assets, okay? This can happen if, let's say, the child inherits money or the child gets uh, money from a legal settlement of some type. Those assets can be put into a first-party trust. The other type of trust, which is, is, is very common, is a third-party trust. And that's when the funding of the assets in this trust for the benefit of the uh, uh, disabled or special needs person, you know, comes from parents or grandparents or any other beneficiary, okay, who in, in which case uh, is not considered the owner of the assets. So a third party trust can be especially uh, effective to offer more flexibility and to transfer any remaining wealth to another beneficiary, such as another child or charity. So if for some reason, yeah, funds in that special need trust are no longer needed, or should the uh, or should the special needs individual pass away and there's still money left over in that trust, they can be directed to another individual or a charity. Uh, Mark, I mean, I'm I'm hearing a lot of great stuff here. Special needs trusts, able accounts, government assistance. I mean, they're ultimately, if we bottom line it for our audience out there today, there are options, there are solutions out there to to tackle this big challenge that that they are 
are facing in their lives. And I would imagine when you're having conversations like this with some of your clients, Mark, maybe about this topic, I would imagine that that comes as a pretty nice relief. Absolutely, Ryan. I mean, you can just watch parents' shoulders just drop. You know, they, they, they become a little bit more at ease when you find out that there's some alternatives and help available. So, you know, they can take actions that are going to help ease the financial burden, you know, and also ensure that their children are going to get the care they need, as well as set their children up for, you know, a better and more stable financial life as they get older. Uh, of course, they're, look, let's face it, these are, these are also complicated areas like every other financial area, right? This involves a fair amount of legal expertise too. So, you know, there's no one size fits all answer to this, you know, given that one family's particular situation could be quite different from another family's, you know, but for families that are experiencing the confusion and uh, definitely the uncertainty that, you know, accompanying raising a special needs child, knowing that there's options available that they can consider, you know, it can be a helpful foundation to start to help them create a plan for today and well into the future for that child. Sure thing. And Mark, you know, for anybody out there in our audience, that's, you know, maybe this conversation is really resonating with them today. And, and maybe they're interested in reaching out to you and your team to just open up a dialogue and talk about their unique situation and how, you know, the options that are available for them, what would be the best way they can get in touch with you and your team to just open up, like I said, open up a dialogue. Sure, Ryan, and, and thank you. So, you know, individuals can can uh, examine us. They can check us out online at www echelon office. That's e c h e l o n office dot com. Uh, if they're so inclined, they can email me directly. I'd be more than happy to respond directly to them. Uh, they can do that at m wade. That's m w a d e at echelon wealth e c h e l o n the word wealth dot com or they can simply call in. They can call directly into our office at 888-892-9882. All right, fantastic, Mark. Well, look, hey, I appreciate you carving some time out of your day to be with us and talk about this really sensitive topic. I mean, a lot of great value uh, within today's conversation, and uh, I'm looking forward to being with you on the next one. Great, Ryan. I really appreciate it. There's lots of tremendous value that people can, can, uh, can get Lots of great help that they can get by just asking questions at, to, through the right sources. Oh, fantastic, Mark. And hey, look, we also want to say, uh, you know, and give a final thank you to our audience. We appreciate you guys being aboard here on the show today and spending some time with us. If you took anything away from today's conversation, maybe you benefited from any of the strategies that Mark listed earlier, uh, do us a favor, subscribe to the show on whichever platform you checked us out on. And then, of course, share some of this information with any friends, family, business owners, anybody that you think would benefit from these types of discussions. You know, I've said it once before on prior episodes, I'll continue to say it you know we're taking the strategies the solutions really just the conversations that mark is having with clients on a regular basis over at echelon office and and really just bringing them to you guys here on this show we're talking about pertinent topics and by subscribing to the show on the, on the platform that you saw us on today then that will help you never miss out on another great wealth management discussion so for mark i'm ryan we're going to go ahead and say so long but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us on today's installment of optimizing your financial world